Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shelters by Jesus Radio. I am Seth. I'm here with my co-host, Al. How are you, Al? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Hi, Seth. It's a pleasure to see you and a privilege, too. We have another special guest. We do. A good friend and someone I trust implicitly, Tom Nelson, my office manager. How are you doing, Tom? I'm not doing too bad. Been a good day so far. Amen. It's really good. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So we're here today with Tom Nelson, my office manager. He's a very good friend, uh, someone I trust very much, and someone whose advice I take very willingly. He's been here years before I showed up. I took over for another individual. Pastor said, I'm going to put you in the hands of Tom. And uh, Tom, I expect you to uh, let me know how Seth is doing. And uh, we've had our ups and downs, mostly ups. Any disagreement Tom and I had has been short-lived and nothing that we ever bring back up again, water under the bridge kind of thing but he's very concerned about this place he's a very mm-hmm. um conscientious very worker. very much loves Servant. the place loves the people and so when he expressed himself to me i know it's coming from his heart i know it's coming from a good place but i've really enjoyed working with tom over the past almost four years now three four years yeah and so you've been working as my office manager in the office i have been pretty much every day if i'm not where i get off two days a week uh wednesdays and fridays but i still try to stop over to see if there's anything that needs to be done meds given out mail brought in that kind of thing. Um, just make sure that you know everything's running good. And you have years of experience of doing things like you've managed catering services and restaurants and things like that. So you bring a good deal of knowledge and expertise to the shelter. Well, you know, um, in my past work, consistency was a big factor in catering and in restaurant uh, management. I truly believe that if, if you're consistent on a daily basis, people, you know, respect what you're doing and count on what you're doing. Things don't fall between the cracks as much as if you weren't as consistent. So I, my, I was always a big, big believer in consistency. You've seen a lot of changes here. <laughs> yeah, I've seen an evolution here. Yeah. Um, when I first got here back in 2012, it was just a men's shelter at that time. Yep. And it was kind of a rowdy bunch and quite a few people here. At one point, we had over 100 people. It was very, very difficult. Each day was a challenge within itself. You know, people were a little more difficult back then. But then we brought on uh, women and children maybe five or six years ago, maybe a little bit longer. And with that, we were kind of forced, in a sense, to be a little more stringent on approving people to come here uh, because of the children factor and the safety of the children. And it's turned out and it's evolved, and I think it's for the best overall. So a question I have for you is you started off as a resident, but then you evolved through several uh, several things you did here, right? Yes. What are some of those things you did before you became office manager, Tom? Well, the first thing I ended up doing, a, a friend of mine was running the kitchen, and he asked me to come and help, and so I did. And two days later, he left. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was I did that for a long time, and that's what kind of my experience was, especially with the large numbers we had back then, upwards of 100 or more. I ran the kitchen, um, and back then, our funds were very limited. So I always had to kind of plan out the day in advance what I was going to prepare for the next day and a lot of times there wasn't a whole lot but my background was catering so I could take a look at what we had and try to figure out a meal which I always somehow figured something out. Sometimes I couldn't figure it out and the day of uh, I would pray and sure enough whatever we needed to make a meal would come in and we pulled the day off with food. No one ever went hungry and it was I did that I ran the kitchen for about two years and then I ended up working in the pantry I don't even know how long I ran that but that was back before we had our partnership with Good Shepherd Food Bank. 
And with that, again, there was no real consistency with the pantry back then. And I kind of instituted, you know, what days were going to be open, what hours I was going to be in there, whether someone was coming in or not, I was down there. And then that evolved into the partnership with Good Shepherd Food Bank and, you know, the growth of the pantry and the number of people we were able to support in our community, which now is just incredible. Um, We typically, on an average day, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we do about 30 boxes of food or 30 families worth of food. So that's quite remarkable. Yeah, it's definitely grown and evolved just since I've been here. Now you're the office manager. Right. I've been doing that for, I don't know, maybe four or five years. And what are some of the things you do as the office manager? You know, just answering the telephone, we get a quite a, an array of phone calls for different things. But the main thing that I do is to do background checks on people who are looking to come here. And you wouldn't think that that would be a, a big deal to do, but sometimes it can take hours just for one person. And sometimes I can get four or five, six people in a day calling to look to come here. And um, unfortunately, like I said, because of the children and the safety factor, we're not able to bring everybody in or the people that are looking to come here when we explain to them some of the rules and expectations that we have for them, they just don't show up. And of course, some of those rules are... Well, you know, we have on our contract, even to this day, it's a section called religious services. And I want to change that to Christian services. Okay. So I let everybody know if you're going to come here, I say, yes, you can come. Keep in mind that when you get here, you have to sign a contract. And part of that contract entails that every morning we have what we call our praise and prayer meeting. It runs from 8 to 8.30 or, you know, thereabouts. In the evenings, we have a Bible study that's Monday through Friday, and we have different teachers for each day. And in the weekends, we have our worship services, and all of those things are mandatory. So, you know, you can't come here and say, I don't want to do that. It's part of the contract. It's part of what we expect you to do to have uh, exposure to, you know, Christianity. And then we have, of course, people who want to come as couples, but they're not married, so we have to say you can't do that here. Right. Or, you know, the, the man will be on the man's side. Right. The woman will be on the woman's side. And they'd have to be willing to accept that. And some people don't. Some people don't. There's some, some people finally get married, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's yeah. actually happened. So you've been here for quite a while. Tom, what would you say about, if you had to sum up your experience at Shelters by Jesus, what would you say about it? Well, when I first got here, my main idea, my main reason for being here was to repent on my life up to this point in time. Um, not that it was terrible, but there was things that I regretted in life that I wish I could have done different, relationships that had deteriorated. And it took years to come to a good feeling about that, to a feeling where I could accept my past, even though I kind of at the beginning, I I was thinking that if I would repent and lead a Christian life, that those feelings would be erased. And that'll never happen. But I have come to terms with what occurred in my life and some of the things that I wish I could have done differently. And then my main goal was to be of service here and to kind of be an example for other people. And I feel that I do that on a daily basis. You know, I feel good about being a part of this Shelters by Jesus. I've seen so many people come and go, and I've seen growth, and I've seen people get back on their feet and, you know, really do well and just needed a hand up, you know, a bridge, mm. you know, to get back to part of the community at large. It's a great thing to see. Not, It's not a situation that occurs with every individual, but I always look at it like for the people that it kind of doesn't work for in a sense of what we're looking for them to get, it's a, a seed that's been planted in their life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe today it didn't work, but who knows five Five years down the road when they're looking back at their experience and their time here, how this might help them at that point in time. 
And you've seen people have to come here over and over again before things start yeah, to there's, click. There's, yeah, we've had our the people that, you know, leave and then spend some time out in the real world for a while and then realize that this was a, a better place than maybe they had thought. And they, they'll come back. And for some, it's been a revolving door a bit. But for the most part, people might come back two or three times and, and, and eventually get it. There's a young guy here right now who just came back, say his initials JM. When he came back, not this very last time, but the time before, I was kind of against it because he had some serious problems when he was here. But we gave him a chance, and big part, uh, Seth, you were behind that. And I always look at it like, yeah, let's give him another chance. If, you know, we can explain to them what we're looking for them to grow here and kind of guide them a bit that they can change. And with this one individual that I'm thinking of, JM, even though I didn't really want him to come back because I was afraid of what he would bring to our shelter, mm-hmm. he turned around. I saw it, and it was amazing. He started um, becoming part of the kind of like quote-unquote family here, mm-hmm. uh, helping out on a daily basis, not giving staff a hard time. He actually became staff for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a situation where I, I've had people that wanted to come here, and I'm thinking, oh, they'll be great, and they get here, and they're not great. Mm, right. And then I've had people who, just the opposite, you know, I, I don't think that, that they, they should come, and they, they do, and they, they do great. My opinion is just an opinion, and so I'm always willing to, if someone says, hey, Tom, you know, you said no, but here, I think we should give that person a chance. I'm always open to that. I'll listen, and I'll explain to um, Seth or the pastor, you know, if someone I've turned down, uh, and if they think that they should come here it's like okay in my mind being in a kind of like the corporate world of the restaurant management group that i was with i was a big believer in a hierarchy and so i always look at if the boss says he wants something a certain way and i don't agree i can explain that to him but it's ultimately his decision his or her decision and and i i believe in that it seems to me when there is a proper hierarchy in place things just work better yeah, and of course, our ultimate hierarchy is God himself. Amen. You know, and if he says, like, we've prayed over people before, and like, oh, Lord, I don't know, what should we do? And we just hear him say, I want them here. And then, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, we'll do it. And we give everybody who comes here our best. We give them every opportunity to get to know Christ. We feed everybody, shower everybody. Everybody's given a bed. We try to help them get hooked up with case managers, which can basically take it from there and get them, like, health insurance, homes, jobs, things like that. But, yeah, this has definitely been a life-changing experience for me. I know it has been for you. Definitely. And for Al. (laughs) For Al, too. I remember, and I'm sure you do, Tom, we had a softball team. It was comprised of shelter residents. Tom was uh, my second baseman, and I believe short fielder on occasion. He was like uh, Hannes Wagner. He hit them where they weren't. What are some of your memories of those softball teams that we had? They they were, I mean, they were a lot of fun. And seeing everybody, you know, because without like a softball team, for example, most of the guys just kind of keep to themselves. There are a certain number of people here that they're friendly with, and the idea of having something organized like that and getting everybody together just was a lot of fun, and it brought people closer together, and uh, I love sports, and so that was a fun thing for me, even though I'm a little bit older, and we had some great times out there and a lot of laughs. Taught us some humility, too. Uh, yeah, amen. The, the fir- yeah, amen. The first season, uh, we won one game. It was a Christian softball league, mm-hmm. so in theory, there should be uh, you know pretty good attitudes and that sort of thing, and no argument. Arguing and, and by and large, it was. And so the gentlemen that played with us and occasionally some some ladies, we were able to practice that. Pray before every game. End most games with the prayer, too, as well. And 
and uh, we got to know kind of a family within a family. Second year, we won two games. Third year, we won three games. And the fourth year, yep, you guessed the pattern. We won four games. And so we, we had some, we were competitive at we times. Were. We typically were recognized for being good sports, all things considered. And so that was a kind of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. How has serving the Lord here for you at Shelters by Jesus, how has it affected you, Tom, your faith, maybe your growth? Definitely my faith in a sense that, uh, you know, I think of God every day. You know, in the past, if like when I was in my 20s or mid-30s, I never would have believed that I would have ended up in a Christian organization like this. I was very much management-oriented. I have a a degree in business administration, and I ran a, a very, very large corporate catering company in Baltimore. And it was just, everything was about business, and it was about getting the job done and achieving goals. Anything that kind of got in the way got bulldozed over. Mm-hmm. And here, you know, I definitely have a different approach with working with people, a much, much softer approach. You know, in the, in the, the real world, you can hire and fire people. Here, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to work with people, bring them along, give people responsibilities that maybe they're not totally qualified for in the hopes that they grow. And when someone makes a mistake, you know, work with them instead of berate them or, you know, fire them from that position or whatever. Um, we don't have that luxury here. And it seems like anytime we've ever truly needed someone for a given kind of task, they show up. Mm. It's, it's always been amazing. Yeah, if you need a welder, suddenly a welder needs oh, a place well, to live. If yeah. you need a carpenter, suddenly a carpenter needs it. God is so good with the people he supplies. And, and you get to see all that. Yeah. Yeah, kind of be a part of it and help to orchestrate some of it, too, because you get the phone call and Al's running late. Someone needs to step up or this and that. And uh, you're getting messages here and there. And so the office has been really transformed of late. It seems like it's pretty organized now. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we just had a renovation in our office, yeah. uh, Seth and uh, Peter Baldick, yep. uh, one of our teachers, or music called pastor. Yeah, yeah pastor. Yeah. He's he's awesome, and his wife Rose. Yeah. Uh, there's so many good people that support us here, but uh, Peter just did an awesome job with helping to build new cabins, desks, things like that. We painted, and if you saw the the office today versus say two years ago, it's it's night and day. Mm. So much more just clean and looks like an office. Yeah, <laughs> and it's comfortable. There's more room. Things aren't condensed. But yeah, I remember I came to pastor and I said, Pastor, I got a vision for the office. Can I please remodel it. Okay, do what you want. And I said, okay. And then I had Pete come in and then I was like, you know, Tom's the one who's going to be in here. So ask Tom what he wants. Right. And so Tom told him everything he wanted and Pete made it all. And, and it's a beautiful office now. So I'm thinking Baltimore vicinity, 15, 20 years ago, you're walking along, maybe not the best of times, but there was a little rapper that was caught in the air. Do you remember that story? Uh, yeah, it was called my burning bush story. I was in Baltimore. I had separated from my wife. I was actually living in a house in Baltimore. One evening I got off work and I got off the bus and I had just read a book by uh, Deepak Chopra, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And I really liked it because at the end of each chapter, there was like questions to answer to. So you kind of had to think it through besides just having read it and acknowledge whatever was in that chapter. And you could put things into your daily life. One of the things I decided to do was to totally respect the Lord and not throw trash on the ground anymore. So this day, coming back home, it started with dusk and I'm walking on a, a sidewalk and I open a pack of cigarettes and the cellophane that you take off the top so you can open the, the box of cigarettes. Uh, I'm walking along and I, I literally just dropped it. And as soon as I dropped it, I took maybe two or three steps. And I was like, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to drop that. And it was windy. Uh, as I'm walking, I'm hearing this shh 
noise coming up from behind me. And at first I didn't think anything of it and it was consistent. And I turned around and looked behind me and it was that cellophane rolling towards me on the ground. And I looked and I saw it and at that moment in time it lifted up into the air and I was walking next to a fence and it literally just stuck on the fence. I just reached my hand like six inches to the right, picked it off the fence. It's miraculous. Mm. I know it sounds corny, but uh, no. it made me stop and think and just believe that little things like that are signs that uh, are easily overlooked. How did you hear about Shelters by Jesus? I was down, when I first came up to Maine, I had been separated from my wife for maybe six or seven years. My son and I, he hadn't talked to me in quite some time, regardless of my efforts. You know, I, I let him down one too many times and, you know, he stopped talking to me. And so at the time I was doing home improvements after I had gotten out of the restaurant business, I had saved up enough money where I decided that I wanted to, I always wanted to move by the, uh, the seashore. And so I've been making several trips up and down the East Coast, different places. And I really like the uh, beaches up north. And so I came up, I was going to go to Portland. Well, one day I just decided, you know, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it. And I had enough money saved up. So I packed a couple of bags and off I went. I came up to Portland and I decided I didn't really like Portland too much. And so I went to Old Orchard Beach where I'd passed on the way to Portland. And I stayed down for a few months, five or six months. And there was no work basically at all and so I just couldn't stay there forever and I heard about Shelters by Jesus Mm. and it was something I wanted to do. I'd been in AA for maybe eight years but I wanted something more and so I decided to come here or I called to come here and I was told I could come and I came here and been here ever since. Do you have a, a favorite verse that it means something to you? Well, to be honest, you know, I've read the Bible probably two or three times, and I've read portions of it, Lord knows how many times. But I, I'm not a, I can't, I'm not like a student of the Bible where I can quote chapter and verse. Sure. But having read the Bible enough times where to get an understanding of how one should lead their life for the Lord. You know, I, I looked, there was a man that was here that was an integral part of this organization. His name was uh, Jake Newbauer, And he said the Bible meant basic instructions before leaving earth. And it, it, he was so right. It's a blueprint for life. You know, that's kind of the, I try to live my life like that. I know you gave me a, a letter the other day and I forwarded it to someone who was incarcerated because I knew his address and I appreciate that. It's interesting you said, uh, I just been thinking about him a lot. And, you know, to a believer, that's code word for I've been praying for him. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting how that worked. But uh, apparently the Lord was talking to you a little bit and just out of the blue. And so he does that sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. And talking of that individual, he is incarcerated. I look at myself, it's like, you know, there was things I've done in my life where I could have been incarcerated or I could have been dead, but it just didn't happen that way. And it's nothing that I did. It was what I call happenstance. It's just, I got lucky at sense. And I think of this individual and it's like, you know, things happened in his life where he ended up being incarcerated and, and it, it didn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where regrets in life come along. We wish we could do things different either for ourselves or other people. My biggest regret in my life is probably the, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you know, I haven't been able to talk with my son and it's been over 10, if not 13 years now, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think about him every day, every day. And uh, uh, I wish I could have done things different. I wish things were better between us. I've reached out to him a number of times, but never to the point where like I'm harassing him in any way, but he always knows that if he ever wants to talk to me that I'd I'd be more than, you know, happy to do that. And like I said, I pray for my son every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's certain people I pray for every day and think about constantly. Mm -hmm. And he probably would never know that. 
things don't work out that we reconcile one day, he'll never know, you know, just how, how much I love him and would like to have that relationship back. But, you know, sometimes water goes under the bridge and there's no bringing it back. Well, I can say this, Tom, that you are, I consider you a friend. I consider you a brother. I consider you someone I can trust. And I'm here for you. I know Al is here for you. I definitely consider you one of the pillars of this institution, not just a resident, but you're one of the pillars. And I appreciate your sacrifice. Well, thank you. Um, I really very much. That. And I appreciate your patience with me as I was growing into this position. Yeah. You did great right yeah. from the start. <laughs> you really did. Yeah. You know, the, the, the person that was here before you, you know, he some issues at the end. And mm. uh, unfortunately, uh, he wasn't asked to leave. He was just actually asked to step down as the, uh, the director or the chief of staff, you know, he chose to leave. He was a very good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. But talking about how this place has evolved, Mark was his name. He handled this place more like I kind of handled running the office, more like a, almost like a business. And the way that you came in and, and uh, handled it and, and the change that I saw was that you work more with, definitely work more with the people here on a, on a daily basis or consistent basis about spirituality and how, you know, God works in her life, mm-hmm. you know, kind of steering them towards a, a Christian perspective, you know, and not saying that Mark wasn't a Christian. And back then, too, we had like upwards, like I said, of 100 people. So yeah. it was quite chaotic and the budget was extremely limited back then. So, yeah. well, let's face it. He built the foundation. He did. Yeah. You know, he, he built a strong foundation of which we work off of today. He organized the office originally to a point where it like it had never been before. Mm. Mark really was a good administrator and he was good with people but again um, you know none of us are perfect and nope. uh, Mark moved on and uh, you know he's with family now down in Florida which Praise is good for Lord. him mm. and you know a less stressful situation for him and you know you came in and uh, the dynamics change and you know I, this place has evolved every year since I've been here you know it's always evolved for the best and sometimes like when Mark left everybody was kind of worried you know what, what's going to happen now who's going to take over who's going to do this things work out because it's th- it's the Lord who does it. Amen? Amen. I mean, people like to say, Seth, you've done great things here. Well, if I have, I've done them through Christ, through his power. And God gets all the glory, folks, because no one's irreplaceable, not even Seth. Looks like we've gone over the 10 minutes that you committed to. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tom. We've been uh, talking with Tom, our office manager here at Shelters by Jesus. My name's Al, and I'm here with Seth. It's been fun today, hasn't it? It's Seth? been wonderful. It it's really been wonderful. has. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love verse, it says, love never fails. There's an easy verse to remember. Love never fails. And we want to just put that on every single day. Now we see but a poor reflection in a mirror, and then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall be fully known, even as I am fully known now. The Lord knows us completely. That's a good thought to leave our listeners with, and that he will never leave us or forsake us. You've been listening to Shelters by Jesus radio podcast. We're nearing our 100th episode. Isn't that amazing, Seth? Coming up, 100th episode. Coming episode. So you can look back and and listen to some fine episodes. We believe that you will be blessed. And there's some good things happening here to the glory of God in Skowhegan, Maine. Write us at Shelters by Jesus, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976. Our phone number here is 207-474-8833. We have a website that you can check out as well, sheltersbyjesus.com. Documentary, books available, and other resources there. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for making us part of your day. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious towards you and give you peace. God Amen. Bless you. And, and Tom, thank you for joining us, sir. Oh, thanks for having me. Amen. Amen.